TD Auto Finance is proud to be the only truly full-spectrum lender in Canada. No matter the circumstance, we have options for all your customers' auto financing needs. Contact us at 1-855-TD-AUTO-1 to find out more today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the December 8th, 2023 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. My guest this week has spent the year hustling to land more auto investment in the province of Ontario. And today, he promises, and I'm quoting now, billions more are on the way. He defends those investments, and he also chimes in on the new Unifor contract with the Detroit 3 and talks EV incentives. All that and more when I speak with Ontario Economic Development Minister Vic Fidelli on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Mr. Minister, thank you for joining me on the podcast once again. Thank you very much, Greg. Always good to have you. Let's start here. Looking back, how would you characterize developments in Ontario's auto industry in the year 2023? Man, we had another blockbuster year. You know, this uh, we're going to end the year at over $27 billion in new uh, EV uh, and related business in the last three years. And this year, with the attraction of VW's $7 billion plant, had to just be, you know, one, it couldn't be anything but a banner year. You were around when NAFTA came to be, and we saw jobs leave Mexico, and then we saw automakers invest heavily in Mexico, and we kind of, in Canada, always finished third in annual investment, but we're climbing that ladder. We're back in the race. How does that make you feel? Well, it's spectacular. You know, we we saw I mean, I, I've been here 12 years. Uh, I spent more time in opposition than I have in government yet. And in opposition, we really saw um, a, a shift in the philosophy of the government out of manufacturing and into the service sector. And, you know, knowing that Ontario is this manufacturing powerhouse to know that we're back on top is uh, very gratifying, I think, especially for the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of workers that we have. In that vein, I have to ask, though, you, you have we have a premier, you have a leader who ran on campaigns about ending the gravy train and ending corporate welfare. And I'm quoting their words, but but we're seeing now investment, those exact things in automotive. Why the change of heart? Well, we sat down uh, and looked at uh, why auto companies were leaving Ontario uh, in droves uh, and what the future was going to uh, uh, have. And we quickly realized that if we don't get in the game and in the EV game, because it was early, early days, and it was a choice to make, Uh, we wouldn't have an auto sector in Ontario in the next 15 years. And so uh, the premier led the charge. We called it driving prosperity. We visited every auto plant and every, you know, uh, large part manufacturing, tool and die and mold makers, connected and autonomous vehicle companies and realized that that getting leading the EV revolution was was our ticket back in, in the auto game and our ticket to success. And uh, so I credit Premier Ford with uh, um, understanding that we needed to save the 100,000 auto jobs that were left in Ontario. And as it turned out, you know, we're going to end up with 
hundred and plenty, hundred and plenty thousand. Let's let's stay with those jobs for a minute. I'm I'm curious because we've seen over the years um, the auto assembly jobs weren't as lucrative or. Um, as well-paying as they had been in the past for other generations. And now we have a new contract between the Detroit Three and Unifor with record signing bonuses, record uh, wage increases, the return of COLA. What are your thoughts on that contract between the Detroit Three and Unifor? And what does it do for the provincial economy and local economies? Well, I would say these are multi-billion dollar multinationals who were uh, making the the decisions on on what to pay employees. Uh, I think they worked well uh, with Unifor. The Unifor was well represented, and uh, you know they. I, I leave it in their hands to negotiate what they both feel are fair deals. They've obviously signed a fair what they consider to be a fair deal, or it wouldn't have been signed. So I congratulate them both for for getting it done. But, but do those types of gains translate into good things for our economy or, you know, the flip side of that coin is, does it drive up prices of automobiles? I just wonder from uh, a policy standpoint or a governmental standpoint, is that contract viewed as good by your party and those who, who you know, let's face it, collect taxes? I think any contract that is mutually agreed to that puts people to work, and in this case, more than a hundred thousand, uh, you know, will is important for Ontario. Let's stick with investment for a minute. At one point during one of our many conversations in the past, we've had plenty. You had said Ontario was pursuing six electric vehicle battery plants at one time. Is that still the case? I know we've landed a couple, but are you still pursuing the third and fourth, or or sixth or seventh battery plant? I would say um, that we that our philosophy and our aggressive approach to the EV sector has not waned in any way, shape, or form. Um, yes, we've nailed down several EV uh, expansions. Yes, we've nailed down two battery plants, and yes, we've nailed down one of the six components, the cathode. So it is still our intention to push hard on uh, electric vehicles uh, being made in Ontario. So we've got you know, more work to do there. It is our intention to continue to look for battery opportunities to, to uh, uh, continue our work that we've done there. And it is still our intention to look for the other five major components, the anode, separator, uh, copper foil, electrolyte, uh, electrolyte, and um, lithium hydroxide plants. Those five, uh, uh, plus the cathode being the six main pieces, though that's still in our uh, sites. And then other uh, parts and uh, and or uh, pieces that would be added because um, batteries are being made here. For instance, at Volkswagen, you know they'll need. 300,000 cans a day, battery cans. They'll need 300,000 lids a day, right? They want to make 100 million batteries. They're going to need 300,000 of those a day. So we're, you know, we're working to attract all of these ancillary um, uh, battery component pieces. Um, so, you know, we've got 
I would say it's safe to say to you we've got a few million more to announce in the very near future. Quite frankly, we're looking for dates, um, uh, dates uh, more than any other thing holding us back from another couple billion or more in announcements. Uh, oh, just so, so just just so I'm clear, you you have nailed down and have the pledges and promises from companies to come here in any of those sectors that you just mentioned. You're just looking for dates to make that announcement official. Yeah. So, you know, we've got uh, two or three of the uh, types of announcements we talked about and maybe three or four of those. And they're all, you know, in the billion dollar or less category. So 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 you. So it's, yeah, you know, I'm not telling you there's a battery plant there. I'm saying they're all a billion dollars or less. Right. I understand. Um, there have been a few media reports that Toyota had been planning an electric vehicle battery plant in Ontario and is now not because it allegedly feels the government might, then I'm talking about the federal government, might not commit money to such a product project after promising subsidies towards two similar plants. And we're talking the one in Windsor and, of course, the St. Thomas Volkswagen one. What's the truth about what's happening with Toyota and battery production in Ontario as you know it? What can you tell me to to sort of clear the air and, you know, unmuddy the waters, if you will, when it comes to Toyota and battery investment in Ontario? Well, all I would be able to say on the matter is um, Ontario is always uh, at the ready to... Uh, negotiate with any company that wants to get involved in the EV sector, you know, hard stop. Um, you would have to ask the federal government where they are today uh, with respect to EV uh, production in Ontario. We'll be right back after this short break. At TD Auto Finance, we recognize the importance of stability in a partner and pride ourselves in giving you the support you need to grow your business. As the only truly full-spectrum lender in Canada, our specialized sales, credit, and funding teams and competitive programs give you the flexibility you need to support your customers in almost any circumstance. Contact us today at 1-855-TD-AUTO-1 to find out more about our six-time J.D. Power award-winning service, innovative products, or even how we can help you find a floor plan financing option that suits your business needs. Welcome back to the podcast, where I'm speaking with Ontario Economic Development Minister, Vic Fideli. Okay, and in that same vein, the next star EV battery plant Windsor continues to be a political football or a point of controversy, if you will. First, there was the dispute over funding. Uh, and the subsidies, now a controversy over the number of temporary foreign workers that may or may not be employed there. And I understand that's a federal jurisdiction. But how do all of these distractions, the the controversy over subsidies, the controversy over temporary foreign workers, the media reports that Toyota's in then out when it comes to battery plants in Ontario, how does all of that affect the pursuit of future investment in Ontario? Well, you know, when you... When you look at what we're doing, we just keep our head down and full steam ahead. Uh, that that's the way you know that we approach these things because that you know that's just the way we are. Um, you know, I, I think back to uh, pro pro probably a story I've never told anybody, uh, but when we were negotiating the Stellant, the original Stellantis deal, 
uh, in a hotel room in the St. Regis, I think it was, in downtown Toronto, um, was the same time that the Ambassador Bridge was was uh, blockaded. Yes. And uh, people were saying, oh, my gosh, I wonder how this is going to affect deals. Um, and, uh, you know, little did anybody know that we were doing at that time probably the largest deal ever that very night. And everybody in the room was absolutely aware of uh, of the blockades. So certainly, you know, all of the things that are out there being discussed, um, you know, are 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 talked about by, uh, you know, by many groups, but we don't quite frankly, we just don't let them get in the way of, of our, um, uh, of our negotiations or the deals that we're pursuing. But, you know, to be clear, uh, to be clear, the foreign temporary foreign worker situation at Stellantis, there are, you know, let me be perfectly clear. There are 1,600 construction workers. These are Ontario men and women who are building the plant right now. That's who's on the site there. There are going to be 2,500 Ontario men and women building the batteries in the plant when it's built. Installing the equipment will be 1,600 men and women. They could be up to 900 foreign, uh, temporary foreign workers and 700 uh, uh, Canadians. Um, the, and, and that is so typical of every deal. I mean, we're, they're going to be installing, it's a, it's a battery plant. We don't have one in Canada. We've never had one in Canada. So I've been all around the world. I, I, was, I was at a Korean company's plant in Poland not too long ago because they wanted me to see what this type of plant looked like. And there were Koreans working there. And I asked, oh, are there Koreans here? And they said, of course, they're installing the equipment uh, because it's the first time in Poland there was ever this type of company. It wasn't a battery company, but it was in the EV bit sector. It was one of the components, to be quite honest. Um, and that and that is just so typical. You ask uh, any of the union leaders, and they'll all tell you, yeah, our own members are down in the states installing equipment. Um, that, that's what you do. They're, they're here, could be as short as three months, it could be a lot longer, but there are up to 900 who are coming here um, to install the uh, uh, battery uh, assembly equipment that is proprietary to uh lg uh, energy and, and that is just absolutely typical it's not anybody missed it in a contract or didn't do this or we should have done that it's absolutely nothing that you would do differently i have to ask this question what do you say to the critics who criticize government investment in and government subsidies given to companies that run ev battery plants and you sort of touched on it um when you said you know saint thomas will need you know millions of cans to to package these batteries but what do you say to the critics how do you get your message across that this is good investment and and wise spending so i would say think of the dollar here so so let's assume for a moment you don't attract them so you don't have you've got a vacant piece of industrial land it sits there vacant you have no revenue on it you have no company there, you have no foreign direct investment, and you have no workers. 
So that's what you get when you don't have. So you bring them in and you offer incentives. And I got to tell you, worldwide now, incentives, those are just table stakes now. That's your bare bones starting point. So, you know, let me be perfectly clear. Incentives today, those are just table stakes for any uh, worldwide automotive deal. Ab- absolutely. So you bring the, co- the company in and you give them uh, um, like our, our equivalent to the IRA. It's not as if you're so, so you're in for CapEx. You're in for X you know, amount for CapEx. Let's let's look at the uh, LG again. You know, that's 500 million in CapEx. Um, but after that, all this other money that everybody's talking about and pointing fingers at, that is uh, basically a tax credit. It's not as if you're ever writing them a check again. Those are, you're, you're letting their taxes go while they're in production for a certain limit of time. So let's assume for a minute it's 10 years. So on day one, you've got uh, $5 billion dollars being spent in the ground in the community in Windsor, let's say, or $7 billion being spent by Volkswagen uh, in St. Thomas. You've got thousands, over 5,000 between the two companies of direct employees working there. Thousands, first of all, in construction. Um, You've got a building built that's massive, many, many million square feet each. Then you've got thousands of workers working. And so, yes, uh, and they're, they're, they're paying wages, they're paying all of their suppliers billions of dollars, uh, tens of billions of dollars now for anode, cathode, separators, copper foil, lithium hydroxide, electrolyte. So all of those tens of thousands of employees can now be uh, engaged. You've got all those companies coming to, in our case, Ontario. So, so just think of all the spin-off. That's direct. This is really direct. This isn't a pie in the sky. You're going to have companies like Umicore now making uh, cathode here, employing thousands, paying taxes. So you don't have them. You got nothing. You have them. You've got direct investment. You've got, you've got uh, employees working. And you've got um, tax revenue coming for the rest of time in about 10 years. So, you know, it, it, it's an investment. Investments take upfront money. So, you know, that, that's, that, that's what I would tell the critics. I would do these deals every day, all day long. I would do 100 more of them exactly like that if we had the opportunity. It wouldn't change a thing. So, so let's head north, and I'm going to ask you if you do the, the deals up there. You're Northern Ontario MPP, and, and you know how the importance of the mining industry. This summer, we heard at the mining convention, we were there, which seems odd that Automotive News Canada would be at a mining convention, but the, the, the footprint of automotive is growing, changing, expanding, and some of those mining companies were wondering aloud, almost expecting if they too would receive some government money to help them mine the minerals needed for electric vehicles. Is that something the government is also considering? Well, let me give you the yes and no. Uh, w- cash incentives for a mine, uh, are, are, I don't see that on the table. Certainly not from my ministry. Uh, but the processing of the minerals, we're going to be all in. Tell you that right now. We want to make lithium hydroxide in northern Ontario, and we're there uh, ready to invest. The mines have been here for hundreds of years. They, uh, uh, they, they have 
unlimited sales lined up for them. If, you know, if we could open a uh, hundred lithium mines tomorrow, they would be utter product every night. A uh, hundred nickel mines tomorrow, they'd be utter product every night. So, you know, we we will do everything we can to speed up the uh, uh, movement of opening mines in. There's nickel mines coming around Timmins. The gold fields of Timmins, believe it or not, are surrounded by nickel mines. Uh, there are lithium mines that are in northwestern Ontario, Red Lake and that whole area. And then, of course, the granddaddy ring of fire uh, filled with uh, uh, critical minerals, rare earth minerals. So we will do everything we can to facilitate these mines. That, that means things like roads and bridges. Uh, and then we will help once the minerals come out of the ground, we will help them uh, by, by uh, establishing EV processing facilities like lithium hydroxide. Back in January, I believe, um, you and I talked about Project Arrow. Um, and to, just this week on November 29th, the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association announced Project Arrow 2.0. Um, the provincial government contributed about $2 million to the first version of this does it intend to contribute to the next version which is a fleet of these vehicles um sort of focused on more of the software lightweighting uh making it a better vehicle in the future will the will the provincial government spend on this as well well we were absolutely the first in on uh, uh the project arrow back uh, when they were initiated um, and, you know, we have met with the APMA to talk about what Aero 2.0 looks like and, and uh, where they see a role for governments, uh, where they see a role for municipalities, where they see a role for uh, the academics to get involved. Um, and, of course, we have OVIN, our Ontario Vehicle Innovation Network, um, that uh, is our uh, no pun intended, our vehicle into these investments. So we're all we're all in the uh, early stages of communication. And I know I sound like a broken record when I bring this up every time, but we'll end on this one. Uh, recently, Scotiabank said that EV prices will have to come down by about a third to be affordable for middle income households and by a half for those in lower income brackets. When you read or hear something like that, does it make you or your government reconsider a provincial electric vehicle incentive at all, similar to the ones in BC and Quebec right now? We've decided, so you're going to hear my same answer. <laughs> we have decided a long time ago that where the taxpayer will get the best benefit is investing uh, in the workers. So we are investing in the companies. The OEMs, we're investing in the battery manufacturers, we're investing in the six uh, sub-suppliers to the battery uh, manufacturers so that we're creating, uh, saving 100,000 auto jobs and creating tens upon tens upon tens of thousands of new jobs. That's where we think the taxpayer gets the best bang for the buck. The federal government has uh, mandated uh, EVs 35 percent by 2030 uh, and then, uh, you know, 2040 is the magic year. Uh, so these electric vehicles are being mandated. The product are being made again by multi-billion dollar multinationals who are making their decisions on 
where their product should come into the market at what price point and what what scale and what quality our our job is to make sure that those cars that when you do go to buy an electric vehicle you can buy one made in ontario which was never going to happen mr minister always great to have you on the podcast i appreciate your time and if i don't talk to you have a wonderful holiday season yeah merry christmas to you absolutely thank you for this thanks greg I'd like to thank Minister Fideli for being my guest. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.